0: to show those videos from our missions banquet again if you missed that but just so you'll know there are some upcoming opportunities next sunday morning is an interest meeting if you're interested in any of our upcoming trips through spring break of 2017 so that includes south asia guatemala all of our spring break trips if you're interested next sunday morning in the fellowship hall is an interest meeting it's just for you to learn a little bit more about what's going on and you don't have to sign up just for you to hear some information and uh, pray a little bit more about it don't forget deacon nominations do that today turn those in and then very quickly before I begin this morning we had a lady stop by we're doing Beth Moore stuff you saw the video Beth Moore's here next Saturday she said she would like to pay for everybody that wants to go to go to Beth Moore that was this morning she just stopped by and told us so if you want to go you can have a ticket for free if you have already paid we'll figure out how to give you your money back you just need to talk to Randy about that but we're excited about Beth Moore next Saturday morning you know not cost you anything now uh, because of the generous donation of one of the ladies of our church. So praise the Lord for that. Okay, let me pray and we're going to begin this morning. Father, we thank you for all you're doing here at Rosemont. We thank you for uh, all you've accomplished through the hearts of our people. Lord, we thank you for uh, the mission opportunities here and around the world. Continue to bless us, Father. Continue to encourage us. Remind us again in our scripture this morning that we have been sent... Remind us that we cannot be passive in our Christian faith. We have to be active, Father. Remind us that you've got a plan for us to accomplish. Give us the strength, the ability, and the courage to do it, Lord. Kind of, kind of hone in and and focus in our thoughts and our minds on you. And then, Lord, through the through the power of the Spirit this morning, as we as we study and read your text, I pray we could be transformed more into the image. Of your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Take your Bibles open to Ezekiel chapter 3. Ezekiel chapter 3. And and one thing I failed to mention is you're finding Ezekiel. If you do not have a Sunday school class, next Sunday morning is our connection class. Meet in the fellowship hall at 9.30 or 11. Randy will talk through all of our adult Sunday school classes. Tour you around. You get a feel for all the classes and pick one. Next Sunday morning, connection class 9.30 Or 11. Okay, Ezekiel. So we were in Isaiah last week. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. Uh, Turn to the middle of your Bible, find the book of Psalms, take a ride a few books. This is where we are in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 3. And this is our third sermon series, the third series in our sermon. (laughs) This is our third sermon in our sermon series. That was really harder than it should have been to say. So third week, I'm talking about sin. Let's just make it simple, okay? Third week, we've been talking about sin, and I'm starting every sermon with a very simple phrase that I want you to kind of get, and I want you to hear it more and more, and I hope it resonates in your heart. It's very simply this. We serve a sending God. I want you to say that with me. Ready? We serve a sending God. Somebody didn't say it. I saw you. Let's try it again. Ready? We serve a sending God. We don't serve a God that's distant and uncaring and doesn't want to be part of our lives. We don't, we don't serve a God that, that is uninvolved in the things that we do. We don't serve a God that just kind of looks down from above and ignores us. We, we serve a God that really from the beginning has sent His people to accomplish very specific things according to his will. And so over the first two weeks, we kind of started looking at some examples in Scripture. we looked at the example of Christ over and over and over. The Bible says that he was sent. We looked at Old Testament examples over and over and over. We see that God has been sending our people. And we use this little acronym that I want to continue to show you. And I, I hope it helps you remember kind of this idea of sin. We can pull that back up on the screen if we would. I may not have given that to you. Pull it from last week. Is that too much to ask? That's all my fault, I promise. I didn't give it to her this morning. Uh, it's my fault. But if she doesn't pull it up, it's okay. Uh, we're using sin and we're giving each letter a word. Okay, so each letter is going to represent a word. that will help us basically remember what sent means and help us remember how to be sent the s there it is perfect the s is spirit empowered now we we went home a couple of weeks ago It was last week and, and my beautiful lovely wife that is always very clear in her critique with my sermons which i appreciate every sunday she said why didn't you give us the e and the n and the t i mean i thought you were gonna well i'm building to that right that's the excitement I mean, surely you're on the edge of your seat wondering what the E is, right? She was about as impressed as you are, right? Whatever. Okay, so S is spirit-empowered. I will get to the E and the N and the T. We'll get there. But we're hoping that you'll remember that being sent, one of the things it means is that you are spirit-led, spirit-empowered, and so we've kind of taken that vein of of spirit-led, spirit-empowered, and last week we looked at Isaiah, and we looked at how, how Isaiah said to the Lord, listen, here I am, send me. And in the power of the Spirit, the Lord sent him and accomplished great things. He sent him to proclaim the good news, to offer freedom to those in bondage, to help rebuild lives that have been devastated with sin, to bring joy. And we said all the things that the Lord called him to do and sent him to do, the Lord has sent us to do as well. And so I've asked this question the first two weeks. I'm going to ask it every single week. And this is the question you ought to be answering through this series. What is God sending you to do? You cannot say biblically that you're able to be passive. You can't say that. You can't make the argument that you can just kind of sit and watch other people. That's not what Scripture teaches. If you're going to be kind of fair and honest with the Word of God, you have to come to this point of saying, not only has God been sending people from the beginning, not only did God send Jesus Christ to the earth, but Jesus in John 17 sent me. So what has he sent me to do? So to help better answer that question, this morning we're going to study some in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 3. Now I want to give you just a little bit of background. We're going to read a little bit of the first chapter and then chapter 2. And then we're going to really kind of hone in and focus on chapter 3 this morning. Ezekiel was a really well-known Old Testament prophet. And he wrote during the time period that Israel was in captivity in Babylon. Babylon. So the Israelites, if you think about the Israelites, kind of a roller coaster. Sometimes they were doing the things of the Lord and everything was good. And then they would sin and go into this valley and the Lord would punish them and bring them back. And time and time again, in this particular moment, the people of Israel were in bondage. They were in captivity to the Babylonians. And so when Ezekiel is writing, he's writing to a group of people that find themselves in captivity. And he's warning them. About the importance of turning to the Lord He's warning them about the sin Of turning away from the Lord And so God's going to give him this vision And give him this prophecy That he's called to share now With these people in captivity So look at Ezekiel chapter 1 I know we're going to focus on 3 But I have this on the screen Chapter 1 verse 1 I want you to listen to what Ezekiel says This is the beginning of his book In the 13th year in the fourth month on the fifth day, very precise, while I was among the exiles by the Kibar River, the heavens were open, and I saw visions of God. Now this is this is important for the book. The Lord now is going to give Ezekiel very clear visions. A very clear vision of what he wants him to accomplish. Now, if you were to read the rest of chapter one, I'm not going to do it. But if you were to read the rest of chapter 1, you would see that it's during this period that these four living creatures come to see Ezekiel. Now, I would just encourage you in your spare time to read it because it's fascinating. These creatures with four wings and faces of men, and it's interesting the way they move, and they have wheels that are moving beside them. And a lot of speculation over the centuries about exactly what that means. But they come, and in that process, Ezekiel sees the glory of the Lord. Look at verse 28 of chapter 1. We have that on the screen as well. This was the appearance, kind of at the end of the verse, this was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. Now watch his response. When I saw it, I fell face down. I heard the voice of the one speaking. Now this is not a sermon on the glory of the Lord, but it's interesting throughout Scripture, when someone encounters the glory of the Lord, it leads them always to fall down and be awed in worship. You see that over and over and over again. So Ezekiel now has kind of heard this vision from the Lord He's experienced and seen the glory of the Lord. It's caused him to fall down, face down, to worship the Lord. Now let's pick up in the beginning of chapter 2. I'm going to read all of chapter 2, and then we're going to get into chapter 3 and really spend some time studying that. So Ezekiel chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. We have it on the screen for you. So he said to me, this is the voice of the Lord, Son of man, this is what he calls Ezekiel, he calls him throughout the book, Son of man, stand up on your feet and I'll speak to you, right? Because Ezekiel has fallen down. He's experienced the glory of the Lord. He's laid out. He's experienced something he's never seen before. He's realized God's holiness. He's a sinner. He's separated from the Lord. He's fallen down. And so the Lord says, stand up. I'm going to speak to you. As he spoke, this is important, this is our tie-in for this morning. The spirit came into me and raised me to my feet and I heard him speaking to me. Right? There's this idea of spirit empowered, spirit led. This is a man that's laying on his face worshiping the Lord. The spirit literally grabs him and it's the spirit now that's doing the act of raising and raises him to his feet. And then he says in verse 3, son of man. I am, there's the word, sending you to the Israelites to a rebellious nation that's rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been in revolt against me this very day. Verse 4. The people to whom I am, here's the word again, sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, and whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are a rebellious people, They will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid, though briars and thorns are all around you and you live among scorpions. Do not be afraid of what they say or be terrified by them, though they are a rebellious people. Verse 7, you must speak my words to them. Whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are rebellious. But you, son of God, listen to what I say to you. Do not rebel like that rebellious people. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Then I looked and I saw a hand stretched out to me. In it was a scroll which he unrolled before me. On both sides of it were written words of lament and mourning and woe. So pause for a second. Just to kind of recap, big picture, the Lord is sending Ezekiel, he uses that phrase, to the people of Israel, and he's doing it through the power of the Spirit. Now, let's begin our study in verse 1 of chapter 3. And he said to me, son of man, eat what is before you, eat this scroll Then go and speak to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll I am giving you, and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it, and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Then he said to me, Son of man, go now to the people of Israel and speak my words to them. You were not being, there's the word, sent To a people of obscure speech and strange language, but to the people of Israel. Not to many peoples of obscure speech and strange language, whose words you cannot understand. Surely, if I had sent you to them, they would have listened to you. But the people of Israel are not willing to listen to you, because they are not willing to listen to me. For all the Israelites are hardened and obstinate. Now let's stop for a second. Let me give you the first truth, and we're going to think through this together. Truth number one. We are sent... To speak truth, even if no one wants to listen. We are sent to speak truth, even if nobody is willing to listen. Now, chapter 3 begins with this interesting, kind of strange description of Ezekiel eating this scroll. Now, I've said this before, but I just want to remind you. Uh, Holding God's Word in your hands in one book is uncommon in the history of the world. For centuries, most people had just maybe some individual sheets with a few verses or a few books. Maybe in the time of Christ and before they had scrolls. But when Jesus was alive and when especially Ezekiel, which is about 600 years before the birth of Christ, was alive, they wrote on scrolls. And so the Lord hands to Ezekiel the scroll which contains his word, and he says to Ezekiel, You need to eat this scroll. Now, there's debate among scholars. Did he really eat it? Was it symbolic? What exactly takes place in that very moment? Let's move past that to understand kind of the big picture. What's the big picture? What's really at play here? What's at play is that the Lord desires Ezekiel to take his word and to make it a part of himself. You understand that? God says, listen, Ezekiel, you need to take this word and digest it. Let it resonate within your heart. Let it resonate within your mind. Let it resonate within your soul. It's the same sort of thing we're told today, right? We're not told to physically eat the Bible, but we're told to kind of devour it, right? To take it in, to study it, to understand it, to listen to it, to memorize it, to let it kind of become a part of who we are. I'm reminded of Psalm 119, 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Our path to being sent is, And led by the Spirit has to begin with a study of God's Word. You you understand that, right? If we're going to be used by the Lord, if we're actually going to hear the voice of the Lord, if the Spirit is going to send us and empower us, it's going to be done as we understand God's Word. Why? Because this is the way He speaks to us. God has given us His Word very clearly. He expects us to take it and to understand it and apply it to our lives, right? So Ezekiel, take this word, eat it, make it part of who you are, let it resonate in your heart. And then what's he going to send him to do? Pull verse 4 up, if you would. Here are the instructions. So he said to me, son of man, here it is, go now to the people of Israel and speak my words to them. Now this is important, verse 5. You are not being sent... To a people of obscure speech and strange language, but to the people of Israel. Not to many people of obscure speech and strange language whose words you cannot understand. Surely if I had sent you to them, they would have listened to you. Right? Here's what the Lord's saying to Ezekiel. I am sending you, very simply, not to strange lands, not to strange languages, although if I sent you to those people, they would listen. I am sending you to the people of Israel. Let's translate it. I'm sending you to people that you know are familiar with and are comfortable being around. Now, man, I hope that hits you square between the eyes. Because we kind of fall into this trap sometimes of thinking, well, you know, the Lord's never called me to go overseas. I guess I can't be involved in missions. Untrue. In fact, the Lord specifically says to Ezekiel, I don't want you going anywhere else. I don't want you to leave in this area. I don't want you to talk to somebody that doesn't speak your language. I want you to talk to somebody you know that you're very familiar with. You're being sent to your people. I translate that into our lives. We're being sent to our friends, to our co-workers. How about to our family members, to our close family members? Why? To share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I I bet if I could go around the room and ask every person the question, as I talk right now about being sent to share the gospel with somebody that we know very well, somebody comes in your mind. You're like, how did you know that? (laughs) Because we all know people that are lost. We all know people that are close to us that are lost. Now, just translate this idea into action. What if the Lord is sending you to them? What if the Lord is sending you to share his word with that person you were closest to. What's God sending you to accomplish? Now here's where our mind goes. If, if you kind of get to the point of being willing to go and share. And you're sitting there thinking, you know, yeah, I could do that. I work with this guy or my brother or parents or a friend across the street that I'm really close to, and I, it's, it's hard to talk, but you, here's where your mind goes. You know, if I could muster up the energy and the strength and the courage to, to share the gospel with that person, I bet if I could just present them with a, a clear picture of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I bet that person would be saved, would be radically changed. I bet their life would be different. I bet their family would be transformed. And we kind of take this, this approach of, of what if? The Lord used them. What if the Lord would save them? What if the Lord did great things in their heart and in their life? And that's exactly what we should do. That's, that's where our minds should go. But I want to prepare you for something. This is really important. This is, this is a, a, a truth that the Lord gives to Ezekiel. You need to prepare your heart that even when you share and even when you go and even when you are faithful and even when you are obedient, not everybody's going to listen. I want you to look at what the Lord says in verse 7. Pull that up if you would. So Ezekiel, I'm sending you. I want you to go. I'm going to empower you. This is my plan for you. Speak the truth, right? And I can just imagine Ezekiel's getting excited, man. He's hyped up. Yeah, I'm going to go and the Lord's going to use me. Great things are going to happen. Verse 7. But the people of Israel are not willing to listen to you. Because they're not willing to listen to me. For all the Israelites are hardened And obstinate, right? The Lord's saying, listen, I want you to go. I'm sending you. This is your task. This is what I want you to accomplish. I'm going to empower you and strengthen you. Go share the gospel, but listen, nobody's going to listen. Now, my response at this moment will be, well, why am I wasting my time, Lord? I mean, why are you calling me to go, right? And this is the point where obedience meets reality. It's not really our call is what the lord's purpose is just our call to obey see so it's not really your job or your call to get your brother or your friend or your co-worker or whoever saved it's simply your call to go share the word that's all you're called to do share the gospel share the truth this is who i am this is what the lord's done in my life at that point it's the holy Spirit's job that's between them and the lord so bring point number one back up, if you would, for me, please, why not? Here it is. We are sent to speak truth, even if no one wants to listen. It's not about who's listening. It's not about them. And here's where you need to understand, all this really isn't about other people, it's about you being willing to be sent and obedient as you go. Because when you begin to do that, guess what? God's going to use you. One of the kind of saddest things I've ever experienced is when you talk to somebody about Christ... And you share the gospel, and you're pouring your heart out, and they're just not willing to accept I don't know if you've ever had that moment or that opportunity. I'll never forget a few years ago, I was in my office with a young man that wanted to come see me. He called me and said, I'd like to come talk to you. And he showed up in my office, and he's a very intelligent young man, had a lot of great questions. And he had been thinking a lot about the Lord Not superficial stuff. He'd really been delving in and trying to understand. He had a lot of questions about faith and salvation in Christ. And we spent a long time talking. And we got to the point where he just, I kind of walked him through this process of the gospel and who Christ was. And we got to this point where he just willingly admitted. He said, you know what? I've never prayed to receive Christ. I'm not really a believer. I've I've never accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. I said, well, you know, let's change that. Let's pray to receive Jesus Christ right now. He said, you know what? I'm just not ready to do that. And I said, I want to be just crystal clear with you on this issue. I said, if you, if you die right now, you're going to spend an eternity separated from Christ. You understand that, right? He said, I'm, I'm just not ready to accept. I'm, I'm just not ready. And he left. See, we have to be prepared in our hearts That even when we're obedient, even when we're willing, even when we're filled with the Spirit and empowered to go, even when we do everything the Lord's called us to do, when we get right to that point, there are going to be people that will not listen to the Word. John 1, chapter 11, Jesus Christ came to this earth, and the Bible tells us, may maybe one of the saddest verses in the Scripture, He came to that which was His own, but His own did not receive Him. See, we're called to go in obedience whether people listen or not. But I want you to look what the Lord does. This is fascinating how he walks Ezekiel through this process. Go, share, I'm sending you. Be prepared because there are going to be people that won't listen. Now look what he does in verse 8. Pull that up if you would, please. Let's go. But, he says, I will make you as unyielding and hardened as they are. Verse 9, I will make your forehead like the hardest stone, harder than flint. Do not be afraid of them or terrified by them, though they are a rebellious people. Here's truth number two. We are sent in power and strength. We're called to go. We're called to share. And even if nobody listens, we are sent in power and in strength. It's always fun to me to have conversations with people about their fear because I just like hearing the excuses. I have them too maybe I'm not afraid to do some of the things that you are, but I'm probably afraid to do things you're not, right? That we just all have fears and insecurities and issues that we deal with. But as you talk to people about doing the will of the Lord and doing his work, whether that's going overseas or sharing the gospel or teaching a Sunday school class or witnessing to their neighbor or doing a family devotion with their kids at night or whatever it is, when you talk to people about doing the things the Lord has called them to do, oftentimes fear comes into play. I just don't know what to say I'm just not sure I can answer their questions. I'm just not sure they're gonna be willing to listen to what I have to say. And and, and one of the reasons we showed this video this morning was because Jennifer kind of tells that story in her own heart. And she talks about her fear And she talks about thinking she made a mistake. And she talks about leaving her kids at home and her husband and who's going to take care of the kids. And she said, I wrote it down this morning because I rewatched it. We landed and his peace totally consumed me. I was away from my phone, from my comforts. But during those comfortable moments, those were some of the best of my whole life. And we hear this story played out over and over and over again. It's like this idea of of when I'm willing to trust the Lord, when I'm willing to follow Him, when I'm willing to be obedient, when I'm willing to be sent, in those moments He empowers me and He strengthens me. Look at verse 8 again because it's neat the words that the Lord uses with Ezekiel 8 and 9. I'm going to make you unyielding, you're going to be hardened. I will make your forehead like the heart is stone, harder than flint, right? Which is very interesting because it's kind of as you're moving forward, there's protection. If you turn and run, there's no protection, right? I think that's just an interesting idea there. But I want you to notice kind of the most important part of verse 8. Pull that back up for you again, please. The Lord says to Ezekiel, I will make you. You see that? Not Ezekiel, you need to figure this out on your own ability. Or Ezekiel, you need to kind of work a little bit harder. Or Ezekiel, it's kind of up to you, man. I'm leaving it up to you. You can do it, right? You're strong enough and smart enough and good enough. None of those things. The Lord says, listen, I am going to give you the strength you need. I'm going to make you accomplish this, Ezekiel. Now, some of y'all need to hear that because you walk through life thinking that it's your strength that you do things. Some of you walk through life doing the best you can to be stronger and better and smarter, thinking all those things are going to help you be successful with the Lord. You need to understand, anything you accomplish on this earth is going to be because the Lord has used you to accomplish it. Do you understand that? Anything you do for him is because of his strength, not yours. In fact, I would say to you, if you kind of think to yourself, yeah, I'm good enough for the Lord to use, man. I'm pretty smart. and I've studied and I've got a degree in this. Those are the people the Lord's probably not going to use. <laughs> he, he wants to use people like you and me that say something like this. I don't have any idea, Lord, what you want to accomplish through me. I don't have any idea why you chose to use me. There are a thousand and one people better than me to do this. But for whatever reason, Lord, if you want to use me, then I'm willing to go At that moment, the Lord said, I can use that guy right there. That's the lady I can use with a humble spirit. With a desire to be obedient, with a desire to be sent, with a desire to accomplish everything that I've called you to accomplish. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, I want to make a statement to you that I think is true and important. I want you to think about it just for a minute. Strength and courage comes from the Lord. And sometimes it won't come until we are obedient. Some people sit at home and they think, you know, I'm just too afraid to go. And I just don't think the Lord can use me. And as long as you sit at home and think that, that's true. But the moment you stand up and you say, you know what, I am scared to death, Lord. Lord. I'm not sure why you want me to do this. I'm not sure why you sent me to accomplish this purpose, Lord, but I'm confident this is what you sent me to do. I'm confident this is your will for my life. I'm scared to death, but I'm gonna do it anyway. It's in that moment that you receive the power and you receive the strength and you receive the courage to do what the Lord's called you to do. I just envision my life. I've said this before, but I envision my life oftentimes like doors to kind of choose from, you know? And sometimes we come to this door. And the Lord asks us to walk through it and it's a scary door. <laughs> and we're afraid of what the other side may be and we just petrified and we can't quite bring ourselves to it. But when we walk through that door and trust the Lord, on this side there is a peace and a joy and a hope that passes all understanding. Is it because we've changed? No, it's simply because we've been obedient. We've crossed over into that realm beyond our personal fear, into that realm of faith. And it's in those moments that the Lord strengthens us and emboldens us more and more to do his will. Now we need to finish verse 10. Let's see where this goes. So he said to me, son of man, listen carefully and take to heart all the words I speak to you. Now go to your people in exile, speak to them, say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, whether they listen or fail to listen, verse 12. Then the Spirit lifted me up, right? There's this idea of being empowered by the Spirit. The Spirit lifted me up. I heard behind me a loud rumbling sound as the glory of the Lord rose from the place where it was standing. It was the sound of the wings of the living creatures brushing against each other, the sounds of the wheels beside them, a loud rumbling sound. Verse 14, this is important. The Spirit lifted me up, took me away, and I went, now listen, in bitterness and in the anger of my spirit, The strong hand of the Lord on me, I came to the exiles who lived in Tel Aviv near Kabar River, and there, where they were living, I sat among them for seven days, deeply distressed. Truth number three. We are sent with great mourning and anger toward sin. We are sent with great mourning and anger toward sin toward sin I want you to look at verses 14 and 15 again with me I want you to look at how Ezekiel describes himself verse 14 he went away in bitterness and anger of the spirit and then verse 15 he sat with him for seven days and was deeply distressed anger bitterness deeply distressed why did Ezekiel go with this mindset very simply because he was sent by the Lord to confront sin Ezekiel and so many of the Old Testament prophets was sent by the Lord to confront the sin of the Israelites. I'm going to give you biblical truth. You can take it to the bank. It's found through all the Bible. Very simply, sin leads to death. Period. We've seen it in the Old Testament. We've seen it in the New Testament. We see it all through the history of the people of Israel. We see the people of the New Testament. Sin always leads to death, right? We get that. We understand that. We probably all could quote Romans 3.23. We know that story. Here's the problem. We live in a society that seems more and more and more to ignore sin. We live in a society that takes things clearly prohibited in God's word and we seem to make them normal. So we've justified sin, we've ignored sin, we've tolerated sin, we we sweep sin under the rug. Sin doesn't break our hearts. Sin doesn't make us distressed. Sin doesn't make us angry. And I just wonder sometimes as we kind of study Ezekiel understand his mindset. I just wonder if our lack of concern for sin is one of the reasons we fail to share our faith. Maybe we really don't believe or understand that sin is deadly. See, Ezekiel was sent by God. And when he went, he was bitter and he was angry and he was deeply distressed by the sin he was about to encounter now i'm going to say something and it's going to step on your toes but you need to hear it. i need to hear it we have this tendency of looking at the world and our society and and maybe america in general and we kind of cast aspersions and we're angry and we can't believe we've gotten to this point how did we end up here right we could have this conversation a thousand times over for the rest of the day and we look at people that, that, that live in a way or make decisions in a way we don't appreciate and we can't understand why they do it? Well, they do it oftentimes because they're separated from Christ. They're not believers, and they don't know any better. So at least there's a, at least in our, our sense, from a Christian viewpoint, we kind of get that a little bit. But here's the real question and real concern in my heart, and it ought to be in yours. If this country and this world is ever really going to change... It's only going to change when believers recognize that they've been sent into the world to actually make a difference. You say, "Why don't the Lord do something about our country?" He has. He, you're sitting right here. Thousands of us are sitting all over this country right now wondering why the Lord's doing all this and why all this is happening to our country. The Lord's thinking, I've sent you." <laughs> The clear mandate is right here. You you just about have to be blind to this not to see it. It's all through Scripture. I am sending you to do something about it. It's not about the calling. It's about the obedience. Period. God sends us into the world to accomplish His purposes. And when we do that, things change. Lives are healed Sin is forgiven. The name of the Lord is proclaimed. He receives glory. But it all starts with believers hearing the call of the Lord and answering that call. What has God sent you to accomplish? Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for this very compelling and understandable vision that we see now throughout Scripture. We have been sent. We have been sent to accomplish very specific things, Lord. Help us to not only process that calling, that is very clear, but now, Lord, to apply that to our lives and to live in obedience to you, Lord. You sent us. Lord, if, if this world's ever going to change, it's going to be because believers do something about it. Help us to wake up to that truth. Help us to wake up to the fact that we have been led by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, called by the Lord, sent out into the world to share His truth to share his word. And Lord, even if people don't listen, we still go and we still share and we do all that with this great understanding of the danger of sin in our world and where it will lead us. And then through our obedience, Lord, as we are sent, you do great things. We trust you with this truth, Lord. We believe believe you can work through us to change this country and to change this world, to change that person we work next to or live next to or the person that's in our own house, Lord. But help us with just a very clear understanding. See that you have sent us to accomplish something in this world. Give us the wisdom and the obedience to not only figure out what it is, but to do it. For your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can stand. We're going to give you the opportunity at the altar. Maybe you need to pray about what God sent you to do, who he's sending you to share with, what he's sending you to accomplish. But this is your time to respond. You pray and seek the Lord as we sing together. Thank you for joining today's sermon. We would love to hear how today's message blessed you.